Welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. My name is Brandon Alai, and I'm here at Neck of the Woods Brewing Company in Pittman, New Jersey, sitting across the table with one of my great friends, Dr. Frey. Dr. Frey, how are you doing tonight? I am spectacular. It's a good time to be back. Um, took last week off, but now we're here. Yes, um, yes, yes, we did. You had some uh, you had some stuff going on. Yeah, a little busy. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about sure, that? Sure, absolutely. So, uh, as we mentioned prior, I am an assistant athletic trainer at Rowan University in Glassboro, New Jersey, and we had the pleasure of hosting um, the New Jersey Athletic Conference uh, Championship Tournament at our, at our facility, so I was busy, um, and our men's team took up took home the crown Heck yeah. um, on our home court, and our women's basketball team also took home the crown in New Jersey City University up on Saturday night, so I had a game Tuesday night, we won, we played again Friday, took the championship home, and then Saturday night our girls won for our eighth conference title this year. Eight conference titles within our athletics department this year crazy it, it's spectacular yeah unbelievable right i mean seriously like, like that's that's huge it's yeah huge. it's big it's extraordinary um, i was talking to my uh, the head athletic trainer a couple days ago and we were joking we were like well all these all this success has to be correlated with us expanding our staff to five full-time athletic trainers. <laughs> that, that's exactly it, you know what i mean why it's, it's got to be a correlation now. healthier athletes equals success you know for sure know, winning so it's it's a great time to be a prof, is like I, I like I love saying, but um, it, it's a lot of fun, you know. So so this is gonna sound absurd, you know. And I, I'm not trying to you know blow, blow sunshine over here, but I, I grew up in New York. I grew up on Long Island, mm-hmm. and, and I felt like you know we took sports kind of seriously, and mm-hmm. seriously. And then now now I live here in South Jersey, and it mm-hmm. it is next level. Like like you know people take sports very oh, yeah. seriously, and I, and I I'm always trying to reconcile: is it a byproduct of a different time and an age where where people just put more time into their sports or is it a byproduct of location and it's just people emphasize it more down here and it's probably a little bit of both but and and we're going to get into it and i'm super excited about tonight's topic we're going to get into a little bit of tonight but like it's pretty extraordinary yeah how many top level athletes professional athletes wrestlers which is where we're going today come out of new jersey out of this area and i don't think it's really thought of that way it's not really a hotbed right and then sure enough here we are you know rowan not a huge name within the sports world you know division three but dominant in what they do right absolutely yeah and i mean like you said the south jersey thing or just jersey whatever the case i mean we just had a kid from vineland new jersey win a super bowl you know that's right pacheco we talked about him the last time the man he lit it up right as much as it hurt for the eagles Uh, yeah i know (laughs) and i mean I mean, Rutgers, right? it's, it's a big deal down here, right? Like Vineland had a parade for him, like they, they for had him. It for him just for his success and everything. So like stuff like that is like, and it goes on and on. They, they, right. the, the professional athletes. I mean, b- b- prior to him, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike bit, Trout. You know I, what mean, I mean, come on, like, that's arguably. exactly where I was headed. Right. Like, like, oh, are, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. And and like Jordan Burroughs and like like it just it, the number of top Carl Lewis, mm-hmm. South Jersey. Franco Harris, South Jersey. Right. Like, like it just goes, it goes on, you know. Yeah. But it's not just like, oh, they're producing some really good athletes across the board. Always good. Yep. Always good. In fact, in wrestling, so I, I don't think it was this past year. Maybe it was the year before that. Mm-hmm. Not 2022, maybe 2021. I forget exactly. Anyway, in, fr- in terms of wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think of uh, Iowa. You think of um, um, Ohio. You think. Mm-hmm. Literally think of Pennsylvania, right? Like, like these these are your wrestling states, and <laughs> right. all of a sudden, people representing New Jersey, mm-hmm. at least from high school wrestling, right. and making it to the national championships and then the national right. finals, and like like yeah. you know you don't normally think of it that way, and in very very understated, very oh, yeah. very impressive. And now here we are, right? Eight conference championships, right? And like a lot of those people are going to be 
homegrown, right? Like those right. people coming from South Jersey. Like you oh, don't yeah. have people coming in from everywhere right. to go to to go right. to Rowan. They're right. typically from this region yeah. if they're going to Rowan. Absolutely, yeah. Like uh, we were trying talking a little bit pre-show was like, I want to say a high percentage of our athletes are New Jersey kids. They're not. They're not from out of state. I mean, we're in a we're close knit. We're right. We are hopping skip away from Pennsylvania, Delaware, New York. Yeah. But we get most of our kids from just our home like right homeland, here. right? Exactly. So, so it's very interesting to see that. And, and it, it brings up a point, right? Right, Like uh, your athletic director, uh, Dr. Giannani. Yeah. I'm hopeful maybe we can get him on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We can talk about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. I think it, I'll, I'll what is to, What is the secret of success? Right. And yeah. I, he, he, know, he knows some of it, right? Yeah, like um, he has a national championship under his belt at Rowan back in the 90s. Right. Um, he took our men's basketball program there, and then they won the whole thing, and then won the whole D3 uh, national championship back then, which is great, you know? And I, I don't think our team we've had a men's basketball team have that success of taking home the title in D- division three since then. So, I mean, he's got to know something. And right. <laughs> and how are they doing this year though? Does you think there's a shot? I hope so. Right. I mean, I, I like, they're I think advancing. They're, they're, they're dancing, right? They're, 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 dancing. they're advancing and dancing. Right. So we have our first game this, uh, this Friday evening when this show is going to be released. So tonight, if you're, you're hearing this live on a Friday, um, it's going to be at 7:30 at in Glassboro. Yeah. We're hosting this weekend, so hopefully we can play Friday, Saturday, and keep on going. That that'd be spectacular. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's it's fun to be in those in playoff environments and kind of see those kids that you you've witnessed and you've been in through the the ups and downs all season. All the kids sure. who come back and you know there's some kids that you might you may have lost for the season or whatever, and their teammates rally around them and kind of use them as their motivation to play for them or whatever the case is. And it's fun to see it keep going it's always exciting yeah and and on this level it's really like truly purely love of the sport you know in general it's not like uh, i'm doing this so i can make my trillion dollars or like like, you just love to compete you just love to do what you're doing and like and and you know winning when when that's the case is like it's like no other situation man right you know it's ecstasy it's wonderful Uh, yeah yeah like you said winning it's just a lot more fun sure Um, and the whole, the scene actually, kind of off topic, um, but just recently, um, the governor signed in that for this week, uh, February 26th to March 4th, mm-hmm. is recognized an athletic trainer week in the state of New Jersey. Heck now. yeah. So that's something that just came, kind of came out on the press. They should have called it Ode yeah. to Athletic Training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. And we do have Athletic Training Month coming up in March as well. Right. Um, so that's, you know, good time to be an athletic trainer if you're, if you're succeeding at least, you know what I mean? Speaking of which... You know, a little bit of housekeeping here. They're uh, one of one of the originators of this of this show, this podcast in general. Uh, as far as I know, soon uh, coming to a podcast near you, uh, starting up another show. More to come on that front. Yeah. And then I guess to get off a little, a little bit off topic here, but again, a little bit of housekeeping. You know, unfortunately, Frank could not be with us tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to try to talk a little bit of beers mm-hmm. first. Like uh, Neck of the Woods has been just killing it. It's been yeah. really, really Very, super busy. Yeah. Which oh is yeah, wonderful. Especially uh, that, for when we record the shows on Tuesday nights and it's packed. And, and it's still packed. Yeah. 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 It's it's awesome. And then number. So I, I don't think he was able to make it tonight. I, I just I was talking to Brian behind the mm-hmm. behind the bar who's who's our man and, and just hooks us up all the every time. Every time. I guess they, they were canning tonight. They're, they you know they've been up since the crack of dawn just yeah. working on it. But you know, Frank can't wait to get you back here and get to t- start talking a little bit more about some of, some of the selections and some of the, and, and, uh, start learning a little bit more about your beer knowledge. That's number one. The number two. As a listener, if you don't know what a milk tube is, right. time to go to the neck of the woods. And try one. Yeah, yeah. Either come here and try one, get online and check out the website and look it up because 
they're not only fun and they're not only awesome, um, but they are just delicious. It's a, di- <laughs> it's a different kind of tasty feeling of beer. It's, yeah. It's something different. And a fun uh, way to do it. Yeah. Right. It's fun. It's it's nothing too. It's not heavy. Like no. you think it's going to be really heavy when you first see it, maybe. Yeah, and surprisingly tasty, man. Super tasty, and we we don't do them on air, but we finished every week with, with a milk that's tube. <laughs> that's finish every show. That's our finisher every week. A little week. milk, a little right. milk tube on the way yeah, out. Can't complain about that. Heck yeah. But anyway, so all right, all right. So, so uh, what, what is it we're talking about tonight yeah. that's got me so excited? So as we always do, you know, I, I try to keep my eye on the Twitter world and on the social media to see what's going on, and I stumbled across a video. Uh, a young wrestler from Iowa named Spencer Lee um, winning his third national championship and he was reported to do it with no ACLs. Right. Like, and, and, and that information didn't come out until fairly recently, right? right. The fact that he yeah. didn't. So well, I guess when he went in for surgery. Right. Maybe. Yeah, so it, it was it a was thing and then I, I thought it was fresh off, fresh off the press and I sent it to you and I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is absolutely wild. I never heard of it. Yeah. Um, I had a busy weekend so I didn't really look into it too, too much. Um, and then I started doing some research behind it, and I texted you, and I said, oh, man, I, I messed up big time. This is a two-year-old story. <laughs> However, looking into it, it it's, is not. It's, it's not. It started two years ago. It's right. still ongoing. It's not, the story's not over yet. Right. So I, I looked into it some more, and it's, it seems like it's a story that started like three years ago, back in 2019, when a young wrestler... Um, again, his name is Spencer Lee, wrestling for uh, Iowa, wrestling at 125 pounds. Not a bad program. Right. You know, not, not t- too bad, right? <laughs> and he had torn his, torn his right ACL, and then he was what we call a coper. Yeah. Um, and he was able to function, and he kind of kept pushed through it with the thing torn and never got it repaired. And then back in 2021, when he won his third national championship, he tore the left one eight days prior to the finals. Right. And he decided to gut through it. Which is definitely a wrestling thing, right? You just grit. push through it, a hundred percent grit and just tenacity, unbelievable, like just yeah. un- unchartered. Went ahead and won the national championship, and he just said, "Excuses are for wusses." What was his his, his line? Quote, yeah, his line, and I, you know, which just, makes sense to a certain point. But right. Some people are just superhuman. Right. Yeah, and you, you know, that's just the, ex- the, the next level, right? When you just kind of push through it and you just kind of do it. And again, like we kind of mentioned to before with the Patrick Mahomes thing. Yeah. When you're fighting for a national championship or you're at the top of the top and you're fighting for you got to go for it sometimes. 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 Yeah. As yeah. long as it's obviously safe and it's not something life-threatening. It's not often that we get to talk about wrestling, right? And, right. and uh, the, you know, that, So for me, I played a number of sports. But that was my, my primary sport, right? And I wrestled at Binghamton. When, when I went to Binghamton, it's not what it is now, mm-hmm. which is still like, you know, it's a decent Division One program, but right. it's, not, it's not like, you know, upper, upper echelon kind of right. a thing. But when I went there, wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't even that, right? right. But, but nonetheless, the grit is still there, that certain top. And I feel like through life, um, and, you know, you can get philosophical about it, you know, right. how do you define success, sort of thing. But I feel like through life, a lot of my successes have been derived from grit. And I don't right. know if it was, it was grit learned through wrestling or I was a decent wrestler because I had grit. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, you, know, like, you love to see it. At oh, least yeah. me. Yeah, 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 I mean, I think it's... Uh kind of like the unwritten things that you don't see in sport right the, right. the psychology of it we're not psychologists we're not going that deep into it but sure to push through adversity and to deal with stuff and you know i've seen it you know yeah. on the sidelines of kids just athletes just hurt in pain with like no just let me let me do it and then yeah. you, obviously again when it's sometimes there's sometimes, a price to pay for that right and you know it's like well if it's a case where like someone might be getting like some season or postseason surgery or whatever like well they're gonna go in there and fix it anyway right mm-hmm. like What's another five minutes gonna? Yeah. Again, 
when the, when all the external factors are in the right and the stars are aligned and you can make these kind of calls and kind of push through it and, and it's you know they do it it's unbelievable to see what the human capabilities are right when someone's really pushing the envelope so the, so to rehash some of this timeline right like so so you said Spencer Lee stud mm -hmm. wrestling yep. right ha owns three national championships mm -hmm. right now yep. we're getting ready for the NCAA first the uh, Big Ten championships right. And, you know, far and away. I mean, not even close, right? Big Big Ten is the best wrestling conference in the country. Yeah. As much as I hate to say, you know, SEC is, the, you know, the best football conference right. in the yep. country, far and away. I, the, the, the gap, the delta there between the best mm -hmm. and the second best, between SEC and probably Big Ten. Big, Big Ten, right, right exactly. It's not nearly as big as the delta between the Big Ten and wrestling yep. and everybody else. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's not even close. Yep. Right, so, so there he is. He's wrestling for Iowa. Best wrestling conference. Uh, three. He has three national championships. There are Big Ten championships coming up March 4th and March 5th. Mm -hmm. And then the national championships coming up uh, March 16th, March through March 18th. Right. Trying to be the fifth. I think the fifth four-time national mm -hmm. champion, Pat Smith, Kale Sanderson at Penn State. Um, oh, Cornell, Kyle mm -hmm. Day, right? Yeah. right? And um, uh, Ohio State, Logan, uh, Logan Stieber. Mm -hmm. On the verge, on the cusp. And, and what makes this story so interesting here with Spencer Lee and, and potentially the Olympics on the horizon, right? right? 2024 Olympics yeah. on the horizon is he wins two national championships. You know, he had, he had torn in uh, his, uh, I think it was the right knee when he was in college. Yes, yeah. yeah, in high school, had a fix. Mm -hmm. Before his 2021 national championship, mm -hmm. tears one of his ACLs. The, the re-tears the right, right, right? Doesn't get it fixed. Nope. Wins, continues to wrestle. And then um, 2022 tears his other ACL. Well, right? no, I think 2022 oh, no. he shut it down because he. So That's right. So 2021, think, rehash right. it, rehash right. the timeline. So line. the 2021, he won March 2021. He won this third national championship with two torn ACLs. That's and, right. So and, he tore it right before. Right before. Right? Correct. So he had torn the the, the I think it was 2019. I think it was right. 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. Retears the right. Yeah. Goes through 2020 and then. And well, 2020 plays. COVID. So he he missed the. So they, it doesn't count. Doesn't count. 2021. Come back 2021. Yeah. Wins and then. But he, retears the left right, right before the finals. Right before the finals and then now. I believe, to my understanding, he was trying to go and push the envelope for either Olympic trials or whatever in the year of 2022. Yeah. But from March of 21 to the end of to January of 2022, he tried his best and he ended up making a decision to get both reconstructions. So yeah, he was he was wrestling for Iowa. Right. Then 2022 season starts off wrestling, mm -hmm. um, figures and, and he has this mindset: I'm just gonna. I'm going to work as hard as I need to. Yep. I'm just going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rehab and I'm going to train. I was able to do it with my right knee with an right. ACL deficient knee. Coper, yep. we'll get into that in just yeah. a minute. And um, I'm going to do this with my left knee, which I just tore now. Right. And, uh, you know, as, as the story goes, and, and, and doing a little bit of research for it, mm -hmm. first his right knee starts to hurt him again now because he doesn't have a good knee to rely on, right. which he did before. And then number two, He's starting to get recurrent swelling, recurrent injuries, right. which is some of the worries that we that, right. that we, we see mm -hmm. um, in terms of trying to push through with that ACL deficient knee. And you got this guy who's on you know highest level of right. like like mm -hmm. you know as tough as they come. Right. And and 2022 January rolls around. I think he, I think there was one tournament or one match. I think it was a tri meet uh, in, in Florida. And again, he wins it, wins his matches, but but he's hurting, his knees are swelling, right. and he's just he comes to the conclusion he can't do it. Right. Like it's it's just not doing. Yeah. And is this in the best interest of my career? What right. I want to accomplish. Right. So then he pulls out, 
right? 2022, January, pulls out, takes a medical red shirt. Yeah. What does he do? He gets both ACLs reconstructed at the same time. Nut job. Crazy, <laughs> right? So it's like one of those things where like you hear of the very rare bilateral ACL tears, which he right. didn't have. There wasn't a single episode where he tore both of them. Yeah. But he had to, at one point in time, he had no ACLs in either knee. You know, right. It just wasn't there. Um, so he opted to go ahead in January 22, get them fixed. And then he, I think he rehabbed for that most of this yeah. year. And he, then he in a wheelchair for six weeks or something. Or yeah. like, like, like something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you go ahead and he re- rejoins his wrestling team in December of 22 has been wrestling since, yeah. um, Iowa's team undefeated. has a 15 and one record as a yeah. team and he's undefeated. Like Lost you said, right. Crazy. <laughs> and so now he's on the verge of trying to, you know, be, like you said, become a four time national championship in wrestling, yeah. which is not many people have that honor to say that and wear that badge, you know, it's right. something crazy. So very exciting to see where this goes. Very, right. very exciting. You know, on the, on, you know, incredible. You know, I, I guess theoretically, I think it was Dan Gable, right? Dan Gable could have been the first one, if I remember the story mm-hmm. correctly. Like, kind of famed wrestler, lost right. first match he ever lost in his college career was the, the was the finals as a senior. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a uh, few others who have done it since. Right. And we'll see if he becomes the fifth guy to do it. Yeah. Um, just an exciting story to watch. And he looks great, man. I, I was watching some of his highlights going through it. And I think it was his last match in Iowa. It took him less than one minute to pin his opponent, and he was in and out. Right. You know, and and it's funny. He in his post game, he was like, "Yeah, you know, at first it was just business as usual. I started walking off, and then I realized this is my last time walking off of this mat." Yeah. He kind of soaked it in and he thanked the crowd, the whole nine yards or whatever. Pretty amazing. And it was pretty nice. It was cool to see. And just, I mean, you have a kid who's been there. I think he's this is sixth year. Yeah. A red shirt senior, whatever the his official title may be because of all you know covid year and the medical hardship waiver right um so you know he has a chance to do something great and right has an interesting story like like we've said so um, exciting we, we wanted to try to get one of our physical therapists on, on the show but we kind of made it we pivoted towards this uh, story sort of last minute and didn't, right. didn't allow for um quite enough time but yeah so so as an athletic trainer how often do you see someone on the field or someone on the court or someone on the mat or what have you mm-hmm. who has a torn ACL, who's, who's yeah. what we call, who's a coper, coper who's, yeah. who's able to perform mm-hmm. despite the fact that don't have a, an intact ACL? Right. So I've seen it a few times, believe it or not. Um, most of it was actually when I was a student, an undergrad student at Rowan. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a fair, sh- uh, oddly a fair share. We had um, a field hockey player tore her ACL I think it was like early on in the in the in the season but it was her senior year and she was like I, I just don't want to do do this all like I'm not coming back this is all I got like this is one year this is and it she was pretty good do what I can and she was like an offensive stud so her job really was just to not I mean not to discredit but stand there and shoot so she just right. kind of got it good enough to where she didn't have to do any crazy cutting or whatever we taped it up we braced it Right. And she still performed as she could. And then I, I believe we had a, a men's basketball player when I was a student as basketball. well. Basketball. Right. And I was, like, astonished because basketball is so much cutting, pivoting, jumping the right. whole night. Like, uh, that, that's got to be tough. And same thing, you know. Did a bunch of rehab, got everything under control. He was able to do activity, daily living okay. Right. Taped him up, braced him, and let him perform. And then I think the third one might have it was a... Uh, it was a football defensive back, which is interesting to think because, you know, anatomically, right, your hamstrings are your kind of like your dynamic stabilizers of the right. knee. And cornerbacks, all they do is backpedal. That's their first job. So, like, <laughs> think about it. His posterior chain super strong, so right. maybe that's kind of gave him his. But, again, football is another one of those things where, like, you got to change direction, physically attack someone and tackle right. them and everything. And 
same thing with combat sports and wrestling of like what's the most un, you know unpredictable stimulus you can go oh just wrestle somebody you don't know what's where you're going to pivot where you're going to do and yeah it's insane you got to have to rolling around yeah rolling around the whole nine yards and Spencer Lee was quoted as like yeah I couldn't do anything the week leading up to his third national change like I couldn't sprawl I couldn't shoot I just kind of had to gut it out right and he did somehow some way and he ended up winning i know. think that was part of his logic for for right. finally moving forward with the surgery that yeah. I, you know he could keep gutting it out but one his knees swell after every match and right. he has to take time off and he right. has to try to rehab and, he's, and i think made the realization i'm losing ground right, right. like i'm not staying in shape right. i'm not building strength the way I, I i should so if i keep cutting it out yeah maybe i can get yeah. it out but one you know what's going to be what does that mean for my knees in the future right. and two is that going to allow me to be the best version of myself right and yeah, I think it's interesting too is like wrestling is kind of one of those sports where it kind of teeters the line of like that sports medicine realm of where you know all their sports kind of run run the same line of like oh this happens alright you're out you do yeah. whatever hockey players hockey, <laughs> right you, yeah and they go along the lines with the wrestling and then you know like we I think we mentioned on the show before I'm a big UFC fan I watch that sure. a bunch oh god and you know what I mean and same like yeah. just Next the brutality of it all and it's just like sometimes these guys got through some stuff just like like we're talking about um tonight and i, I did some like quick research of some crate like other things where these guys tore acls and they still fought or they t- tore their acl in the mid fight and they kept going and they, right. they won or whatever the case was or just unbelievable grit like i think that's like the best word obviously like we kind of mentioned already yeah. but you know you see crazy. it all the time with those yeah. guys you know they they break something in their hand or mm-hmm. like like um what was his name? Actually, former wrestler uh, Uriah. Um, Uriah Faber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ironically, yeah. my favorite fighter. Oh, is that right? Unbelievable. Like, when he when he was on, he was yeah. awesome. Oh my god, yeah. unbelievable. And then I remember breaking his hand or whatever yep. it was in one match, and like like you know, you yeah. could see him holding the hand back. Yeah, like, so still, yeah. to go, and I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. It was uh, his Pac-10, I think, right? Like uh, uh, no, it was when he was with the WEC, I believe. No, no, he, no, I meant I think he wrestled. Oh, for oh maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a California guy. He's a California. He's guy. a California yeah, kid. Yeah, that's his nickname, the California kid. Right. right. Um, but no, he fought uh, Mike Brown, who's a who's a really good uh, UFC coach now, and he broke his hand early on. And I remember that fight. I was remember watching it when I was younger, and I was like, man, I really was amped up to it because they were they were trash talking the whole like the whole the whole thing got me all hyped up. Right. And I was like, oh, now he's fighting with one hand, and he was throwing elbow. He he took his hand away. That's but what he, he did. Throwing elbows. He kept throwing elbows because right. he couldn't use his hand. He couldn't do it. Yeah. And it was just you know. Unfortunately, I think kind of with him specifically, like injuries kind of caught up to him. He kind of, sure. he kind of, like you said, broke his hand. I think he broke his hand a couple of times, which is, you know, kind of makes sense for someone who's punching other people. You know, right. it's bound to happen, right? Um, then got, you know, a few knockouts or whatever the case is. And, you know, you get older. And I think, unfortunately, he was a, a few, a little too old for the UFC spotlight. That's only right. Only because he, he, I think he peaked in the WEC. That's right. Before the WEC and the UFC kind of merged. Yeah. And they got all the lighter weight classes. Because before, I forget what the weight class, but I know the WC had all the light, the light light guys, the band weights, the feather weights, the fly weights, all the lighter guys. And all the heavier guys were in the UFC. And then they merged. And then yeah. he went over. He did really well. He got close to winning the championship there, but he never could finish it off. Right. And as his fan, I was I was always watching him. It's funny yeah. we brought him up tonight, but um, yeah, unbelievable. So then you know, and then also similarly, like I had me had me looking at some other you know, very well known, very well you know accomplished athletes through the years in professional sports that were copers, and you yeah. know, copers being people who have torn their ACL, mm-hmm. yet and never didn't have it reconstructed, didn't right. undergo the surgery, or underwent the surgery and it retore and mm-hmm. then continued to compete yeah. without having it 
reconstructed again right. and were successful. And, and some of the names may surprise you and some mm-hmm. of the accomplishments. So, so a, a, a little bit of a lesser name would be uh, Dewan Blair, who was a, mm-hmm. a basketball player at Pitt. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I think an okay career. Philip Rivers played yeah. ACL, t- yeah. a torn ACL uh, against uh, New England in the, the uh, AFC Championship. AFC game, Champions- yeah. 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 You, you could say, well, maybe that's why they, they, they would lose to the New England, but I would say it's Tom Brady. Right. And, uh, and I mean, even though, like, back then, that, that Chargers team, that had LT and, like, LaDainian Thomas. Ridiculous. <laughs> right. And I think L- LaDainian Thompson was dealing with, like, an MCL injury or something. Like, they were both banged up, but they right. went out there and tried their best, and it was just, you know, what are you going to do? And I think we that him. era of the Chargers, <laughs> they were so good, but something always happened. And, and That's true. Granted, they always kind of ran in Tom Brady in, right in the on peak, the edge. Uh, right in his start yeah. of his, like, you know, his Even domination. Even Alfred Papuna. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's just interesting that that kind of always happened to him or whatever the case was. And then Heinz Ward. Yeah. My favorite Steeler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Now an XFL coach. Now an XFL. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a... Uh, I forget. I was just watching him. I think it's the Orlando team. Is he still smiling, man? That was one of my favorite parts of the fact. Big old smile. That guy played the game with a smile on his face after every play. He would stand Mm -hmm. up with a big smile. Like, like you know, you could see that he loved the game. Oh, yeah. And he, too, uh, had torn his ACL, I guess, as like a kid in like a bike accident. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then, you know, had gone through his football career. And then I think... I, as far as I know, only found out about it like as he's getting ready to enter the NFL. But yeah. at that point, he's pretty pretty successful yeah. throughout his entire career, Hall of Fame career, wonderful wide receiver, yeah. right? Um, and then a couple of even bigger names: John Elway, yeah, ACL Coper, torn ACL, was able to play his career with the torn Crazy. ACL. Joe Namath, another one, ACL Coper. And I gotta tell you, back then. Probably a better choice not right. <laughs> to go with the surgery. Right, the surgeries and the, the techniques <laughs> right, right. and the, the technology wasn't the same. Since then. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. But so, you know, it brings up this question, well, 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 if these guys are able to do it and have successful careers, why why do why does anyone right. get it fixed? Right. Uh, I, th- I think the short answer is, I think right now, there's, you know, the, there's a percentage of professional soccer players in the world that are copers that are playing with a torn or an ACL deficient mm-hmm. knee is 0.4 percent, right? right? Like it's a it, it's a low number, and with all the phenomenal football players and athletes that mm-hmm. are out there, you know, I'm able to name a couple, but there's really not all that right. many I can name. And even this, like we're talking about Spencer Lee and all this grit and mm-hmm. all this toughness and how amazing it is. Yeah, and in the end. He still went and got it done. Got right? him reconstructed. Right. right, right, right. So, so there are there there are the rare few, and and now on the flip side of that, I, I think people are really surprised at times. So someone has an injury, suspect a torn ACL. You send him, you get an MRI, confirms yep. their suspicion, and I have the same conversation every single time essentially. And I think people are surprised by it, especially especially if you're not a college athlete mm-hmm. or a high level athlete. Like, hey. You know, I know you tore your ACL, but it doesn't absolutely mean that you need to have surgery, right? Like this, right. this isn't like a, a cardiac issue. And if we don't take care of this, like right. people can live and they can yeah. function. And especially people that are what we call kind of like your everyday people right. who are just going to do, you know, what we call activities of daily living, right. mm-hmm. you know, typically, and, and especially if that includes straight jogging, like right. people tend to do okay. Yeah. If, if, the peak of your activity, you're, you're past the point in life where you're competing in sports and you're not right. doing stuff. 
but you're, you're active in the sense that you'll go for a run mm-hmm. and you go for walks and then you walk around and do stuff. A lot of those people aren't going to need to have the ACLs reconstructed. Right. And I think they're surprised to hear that. Yeah. I think it's, like you said, I think uh, it kind of gets mixed up in just people hear about the ACL mostly with the professional athletes. Right. Every time you hear about, oh, they're getting fixed or out for the year, they're coming back next year or yeah. whatever the case is. Or, you know, the Adrian Peterson story where he comes back and is the NFL leading rusher, MVP, like like all-star year coming off like six, eight months after ACL surgery. Right. It's like, no, you, like you said, you don't need it to walk right. in a straight line, go up and down your steps Usually. every day. Usually. Right. Recreation, go to the gym, do whatever right. you're going to do. Yeah. You know, I've, I know, I've, I think I had, my mom's had a few friends who are old, older women, you know, just, they don't, they don't need it. They're, they did it once or they retoured and they're like, I'm not doing that. Anymore. I'm not doing that again. It's, right. It's rough. It is. It's, it's, a, it's tough, tough recovery. Been yeah. there, done that, you know? Right. I mean, granted, now, tear, talking about tearing ACLs, tearing, tore, I tore my ACL in 20, 2009. Right. Um, and that, a junior in high school and that that changed my life forever and that was what sure. made me become an athletic trainer sure so sometimes it works out in your favor in a sense right many times um, but yeah it's just interesting that some people can cope with it and yeah. they go about their life and have minimum issues really yeah. i mean and sometimes so people are so unstable from that tear right. like it, there are some varying degrees of yeah. instability and sometimes people are so unstable from that tear mm-hmm. that they can't even do activities of daily living right. without fairly regular buckling, giving way, yeah. and whatnot, and you're worried about that secondary injury. You know, actually, there's a there's a, an orthopedic surgeon, a very, very prominent, very well-known guy, Frank Noyes, out of uh, University of Cincinnati, um, mm-hmm. and um, he, he had given like kind of like this rule of thirds where one-third of people, and I actually don't think in reality it's played out this way. This is like right. back in the 80s, that yeah. was, where one-third of people will be, you know, be able to return to, he said recreational, recreational activities. Right. And one-third of people will be able to turn to just activities they're living, and mm-hmm. one-third of people will be unstable regardless, right? right? Like, kind of just one-third, one one-third, one-third, you know, who, do you, who, who, who actually needs to have it repaired? Right. I think in general, it's probably more instability than mm-hmm. that. Um, and as we've gotten better with our techniques, you know, in general, the general consensus has sort of wavered towards... If you're young and you're an athlete, and especially yeah. a higher-level athlete, mm-hmm. in general, you go down that road, you get it right. fixed. But it is shocking, and it is surprising every now and again to take a step back and see someone like Spencer Lee before he tore the second one, right. who was still successful, right. or or some of those other copers that I mentioned earlier, Heinz Ward. And there have been a number of studies actually. So like, all right, well, are we able to predict who's going to be the coper? Mm-hmm. And who is going to do well? And they've done a few different studies, and there were different philosophies, different different kind of testing early mm-hmm. on. We'll do these tests, and you know, we'll see their what we call positive predictability. Like, right. are we able to predict fairly accurately who's mm-hmm. going to do just fine if you leave right, it alone, right. and who isn't? And it, disastrous. Like, thus far, I haven't been able to do a good job of predicting. And the, one of the issues being that if you don't predict that well, right, and you do have instability, mm-hmm. now you're risking secondary injury, right? You're knock right. off a piece of cartilage. You're going to yeah. tear your meniscus and it's ir- irreparable. Like, right. are you going to have other... So, so it is, it's a little bit of a complicated web. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I hope for Spencer Lee's sake that there wasn't any additional secondary right. injury at, at any other time. Right, yeah. You, you don't want to have that because then, you know, like, yeah, the, the short-term success of winning the national championship is great, but, you know, you want to be able to walk when you're a little older and Heck you know yeah. do again just normal stuff like nothing crazy just walking up and down your steps going for a walk with your kids or whatever the case is you want to be able to do that stuff right but if you, you kind of chip away stay with all active. the stuff yeah. yeah 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 if you want to stay active and do all that then maybe you have to kind of reconsider and not just let it go 
You know, and it, I got to say, it worries me. It worries me that he tried to do it and yeah. he couldn't because his knees kept swelling. Right. Like, like I can, you know, we say it all the time, right? We don't actually have access to his mm-hmm. his true medical right. chart and medical right. documents and his true information. Correct. But the fact that if he tried and wasn't able to do it because of recurrent swelling, recurrent mm-hmm. issues, recurrent pain, and whatnot, I hope, I hope for his sake yeah. that he didn't do some irreparable damage. Right. However, the fact that here he is a year later now and he's just tearing it up and seems to be doing very well, it's a good sign that maybe he didn't. Yeah, and I mean, I think with someone who's that dedicated to his craft, I think that, you know, he was probably one of those guys who just went for it. Like, right right off the gate, right after his surgery, he just started doing his rehab and doing everything. That's where I think... Everything that needed to be done. Yeah, I think, you know, to touch back on Adrian Peterson, I'm pretty sure, like, (laughs) I heard about, like... After his surgery yeah. and he was in the hospital, he started doing leg raises right away. He just right. start, he started cranking. But that's that not always a good idea, right? Because because some people will do that, and the net result is you retour. Yeah, like they like, don't do that. Right. It's, it's, yeah. But it's also however, he's however Adrian it's Adrian Peterson who's also squats a gajillion pounds and right. has massive quads and he's a super strong musculature yeah. in his lower legs. So yeah, P- people get lost in that right. though. Like they and, and I joke around, you know, and I've said it a few times I think on the podcast already that like it set ACL reconstructions back a little bit because everybody at that time was like, I'm going to be the next Adrian Peterson. I'm just going to work harder than everybody else. And, I'll get, and the truth is, yeah, no, that works great working harder than everybody else right. unless you're doing it before you're allowed to work harder than everybody else. Right. There's a time early on yeah. in the first couple of months there where it's, it's detrimental. Don't do too much. And I think just the timing of like, like everyone's biology is a little different. We That's all right. heal at different rates. That's and that, right. Like, that graft when you re- when you reconstruct it, it might not be that tensilely strong to do it's all not. this stuff. It's and not. then, yeah, you might be okay. Like yeah. you might you might pass a functional test, you might pass a return to play test. But yeah. that graft isn't as strong as it was naturally. No. You know what I mean? Whether it be a patellar tendon, a hamstring, whatever the you know whatever it is, just not ready. It's just not ready. Yeah. It, it takes time for this stuff to heal. You no, know, it's interesting. That there's a theory, and this is right in line with what we're talking about. That occasionally with the with copers, the reason they become copers is because, and it actually plays out with Spencer Lee to some extent, that if they've had an injury, partial tear, or mm-hmm. a tear that's reconstructed, that then eventually re-tears over time, mm-hmm. that they're more likely to be able to become a coper because they've started to compensate. Right. And, and and they've compensated over time that eventually right. when it does fully tear again, they're not as bad off. Right. And so so we talk about Spencer Lee's right knee, right? Like he tore it in high school, he got it reconstructed, but he compensated for and, and when we when we reconstruct it, we you know, we do a great job, but in general it's not as good as your native ACL. Absolutely, we get right. close, but it's not, it's still we're not gone. Like it's not your native <laughs> Yeah, right, so, you're not recreating it here. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so he, he compensates, and then he re-tears it eventually, unfortunately. Right. But he's already been compensating for so long that he actually does okay, and he copes. Mm-hmm. And then for his left knee, that, he just torqued right at that moment. right? Like he, and then he couldn't compensate. Mm-hmm. He right. couldn't cope. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a different situation. There is a theory that, that that's part of how copers begin to right. cope, that they have all these extra years to sort of develop this ability to cope. And I think it's it's again I think it's a credit to like the human body and what it can do. And like you said compensation. And you can see this all all up and down the human body of different things or you know, you get someone who, who plays you know, they play a high division or high caliber athlete 
um, and you do like a functional movement screening or something on him, and you see him do like an overhead squat or something that's like very basic, and it looks terrible. And he's like, how, How can your body move so well <laughs> in your respective sport, but you right. can't do basic stuff? Right. You learn some compensatory pattern that yeah. gets the job done, right. if you will. It, it accomplishes a, a squat, quote unquote squat. Yeah. But the form is terrible. But yeah. it, not saying it's the best thing to do, but it's amazing how it's worked for them. You know, it all just works out. And I mean. You, you can go down the rabbit hole of like all kinds of stuff, like running gait. No one teaches you how to run. Right. right? You just start running as a kid. Yeah. As there's kids running around the, at the neck of woods right now. They're just running around doing their thing. Heck yeah. But no one teaches you. Well, Brittany Lynch. Though. Right. That right. <laughs> That's later in life, though, most right. of the time. It's not like, but because it's like an injury. And it's a hard thing to do to actually right. learn how to rerun. Yeah, it's to tough. I, I've tried changing my running gait a few times. It's yeah. just, it's tough. Yeah. You always go back to what just feels comfortable. Once you get tired, eventually you, oh, you fall yeah. back to your normal, uh -huh. natural Absolutely. Rhythm. Yeah. It's funny too. I like this topic because even when I was a student, we had to do case studies on like rare injuries. So I, I chose a bilateral ACL tear. Really? Which, is, which I was like, man, I haven't talked about this in years or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, it's very rare to do both of them at the same time. It, it, you hit, got hit with the unlucky stick pretty hard. Yeah. I've been asked to do it and I've refused. Um, and, I, and so I understand this particular situation, right? Right. This is a guy who's trying to make history. Yeah. You know, this is a very, very right. unusual situation. Mm -hmm. He's going to become, hopefully, the, the, the fifth person of all time to be a four-time NCAA right. national champion in right. wrestling. And if you do one and then the other... He's probably not going to be ready to go. He's right, because you got to wait. Not that getting that. it in. Yeah. So, what is the time frame of that? Like, what would you say if it's, you had a patient come in two ACLs turn? Yeah. So typically, it's a it's a nine month recovery on each. Typically, right? right? But you're doing some strengthening. You're doing some progressing mm -hmm. um, before that. But typically, it's a it's a nine month recovery on each. But if you're going to not do them at the same time, you're going to separate them. You're probably going to separate them by about three months. Right. Yeah. So so if you separate them by about three months. That's, That's about a year recovery right. because it's nine months from the second one. Right. And you still have to do strengthening and get into shape and do all this other stuff. So in this scenario where it's January and he's going in for surgery and he wants to be able to compete in the national championships, are, which are in March. Right. That's that's a cutting it close cutting it very close right like and then, your like, chances of a, pulling right. that off are pretty slim and like you said like it's that it's a 12 month to like get typically like just cleared to get back but then there's yeah. also that get reconditioning strong, state get into good right. shape get used to being back on the mat right and all this other stuff yeah totally so i think i think this is that rare scenario where where you say Get in your wheelchair for six weeks, and this will give you your best chance of actually accomplishing right. your goal. But in reality, I think it's usually more often wrought with complications, issues, right. like and just so many difficulties that you're better off just spacing it out a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think I did a quick just uh, tap into the research, and that's that's kind of what it said. It's just like, yeah, I'm doing it at the same time. It's like it's not well studied. It's not like really like not well or often done. So right. like people aren't you know doing it that much because like you said it's are there down. limitations on regaining your range of motion in those right. first six weeks and the, the pt that you need to do like like there are definitely some unknowns and some mm -hmm. challenges right um, where if you don't have access to a training room every day and right. trainers every day and all this other stuff right. that you're probably not destined for that same good outcome as right. as, as someone like like spencer, spencer lee, lee. Division one, Scott. Right. Division one institution. Yeah. They have a great prize sports medicine staff, a great facility. Yeah. And like you said, he's probably in there every day. He's probably been in there every day since January of 2022. I'm sure. You know what I mean? Right. Every single day. And yeah. that's why he can have that success of doing that because it's different than someone who's 
going to PT three times a week and sometimes doing their home exercise program, you know, whatever the case is. So it's it's just a different scenario, and I think he's one of those outliers where it's like this is where he – this kind of is okay. To do it this way. This is the one, like one of the very few scenarios. Very few. There's not many, and not many people are going to walk into your office and like, all right, I want get them both. Don't both. No, I don't know about all that. Can't wait to see how it turns out. Yeah, I'm going to be. I'm I'm totally watching it now, and I don't think I've ever really paid attention that much attention to college wrestling. It's fun, man. You get. It's hard for the casual fan because, like, if you don't necessarily know the rules, it's hard to get, like, like it's really absorbed and sucked in. But as you start to figure it out, man, you get sucked right in. It's exciting stuff. And like I said, combat sports are fun, you know. Yeah. It's it's just a toughness, man. It's a nice thing to watch. Different breed to see the human potential and what they can do. But before we go ahead and close out our tab tonight, we're going to, as always, thank our sponsors, uh, Reconstructive Orthopedics with our eight locations to focus on you approach, the Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance center and destination, Neck of the Woods Brewing Company serving us up the coldest beers in all of New Jersey, and then lastly, Timber Rear Productions helping us out producing this podcast, getting out to all our lovely listeners. Thank you, everyone, and have a great evening. <laughs>